electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. starts right now live from the Nasdaq market site overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lear. Traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, David Seberg, Brian Kelly and Guy Adami. Tonight on Fast, Twitter is tanking after infamous short seller Andrew Left says it is about to suffer a worse fate than Facebook. But could it be your best chance to buy the stock? The traders will weigh in. Plus, don't look now, but General Electric is surging, having its best day in months. We'll tell you what had investors running to the stock. But first, we start off with a sell-off on the street. Check out the Nasdaq 100, taking a turn midday, selling off hard and taking the rest of the market along with it. All the major indices closing near the lows of the session. And since the tech sector hit a high back on March 12th, it has been all downhill from there. It is 9% down from its 52-week high. It has lost a whopping $570 billion in market cap. So is a tech trade unraveled? And if so, can the market rally without it, Guy? Well, I'll go backwards. So I don't think the market can rally without technology. I'm not certain it's unraveled yet. You know, Tim's been on this Facebook. You know, I, I, I thought Facebook had bought him a couple times. Clearly, that's not the case. And the problems in technology seem to be far more than just Facebook now. They're obviously individual stories. But the volatility we're seeing, and on Friday we said, or at least I said, I think this will be the most important week maybe of the last five years for the market, and I still stand to that. The reversal we saw today was pretty staggering in terms of the broader market. And if technology is going to give up the ghost, that 25-85 level or so that held so well last Friday and got us a rally yesterday is absolutely in jeopardy coming over the next couple of days. If tech is not unraveled, it has just gone through a one-two punch. I mean, the business models of some of the biggest tech companies out there, the ones that dominate the Nasdaq 100, uh, are thrown yeah. into question. And then one of the fastest-growing sectors powering the tech sector, autonomous drive cars. Well, look at That's NVIDIA. That's being right. question, right. too. So NVIDIA, NVIDIA gets crushed. We haven't seen NVIDIA have a move like this. Meanwhile, NVIDIA is still up probably 15% on the year. But what you're talking about, Mel, also is just, you know, I'm not a technical guy, but I use technicals as a guidepost. We have some great guys on. We're going to have one on tonight. Um, but the technical damage in a number of these stocks is significant, including now getting downward sloping 50-day moving averages, which just means, folks, that we've been at this long enough that we've changed the 10. And, and so 50 days effectively means that we, if you think back to where we were in early February, and this isn't about, you know, trying to say I told you so, but what I've been saying every night since then is we're not going to tie a neat little bow around this. There's a lot of things going on. And as you're talking about, Mel, did we really ever think we were going to be having this existential view of the tech sector, which was grow at all costs? Who cares? Yeah. These guys right. are tomorrow's <clears throat> trade. But guess what? Two weeks ago, it was steel companies. Did we really think steel companies were going to derail us? Did we really think it was going to be Gary Cohn? Did we really think it was going to be Rex Tillerson? You can go on and on. The mark doesn't give you those opportunities. And I just think the 700 move reversal of yesterday's 700 move up, markets aren't supposed to do this. Yeah, but and, and I think investors need to be careful and not try to trade this day to day. I agree with not trading data, but there is a perfect storm set up here. You had every massive crowded trade. You had Tesla coming off. You had Facebook come off. You had Google basically t test 
a very significant level at a thousand bucks. It kind of held there, which is very a very good sign in my opinion. But ultimately, you've got all the social media names basically derailing, including Twitter. So the setup is just terrible right now in technology from the standpoint of sentiment. Do I think it lasts a little bit longer? I do. Do I think that the market can rally without tech? I absolutely do. But where's the leadership going to come from? That's the question. I think we have to wait till earnings. Earnings is going to be the telltale here. And I think it's just a wait and see mode until then. You're going to get trading bounces that you should be able to play. But well, ultimately, and, it's and a the no problem you have with, with something like Google, which is one we talked about last night, is possibly one of the names that people haven't looked at, right? Because their business model is in question as well. They explicitly sell your data for advertisement, right? That's what they do. Um, but I don't think people are going to stand for that in this environment. You look at Google, it broke the 200-day moving average today, closed below the 200-day moving average. So to Tim's points on the technicals, if you're looking for guideposts, that's certainly not a place that I want to pick anything up in a weak market. I want to stay out of the way of tech. I'm not sure that, it, that the market can rally. I mean, right. you know, tech, tech was the, hey, listen, this is the only place we're getting growth. This is where we're going to go. So now if you're throwing that into question, what else do you buy? But, what can be the leader? I don't see it here. I think Google technically 1000 bucks is the mark. Right. If it breaks a thousand, I think it's lights out till 885. But I think important to recognize when you think about Facebook, right, the issues that they have. The only reason Google got in that game is because ad buyers are going to one basically saying that Facebook's giving us all this data and all this information around your user base. You should as well. That was about hey, two look, years I, ago. David, no, but, I mean, hold on. So my wait, view wait is, look, I, they're not. Business they're, model from uh, the beginning has been listen, to sell your we're, data. We're That's the their same, whole business yeah, model. And, and by the, the way, people page, I'm not up. arguing. You, but I'm telling you, not doing it to the extreme that Facebook. People waking up today. At the same time, Tim. Can I, people waking up today and saying, oh, I'm on a free platform and they're not right. using my data for something is idiotic, okay? I'm not you, condoning what Facebook did, right. and I think there's actually a lot of room for disclosure. This is about privacy, and hopefully these companies can regulate themselves to a point we don't have more regulations. I think right. that the most private company will win. But, but suddenly, you know, again, it gets, let's talk about the market, because I think we're going to have time to talk about Facebook and tech a little later in the show. I, I think when it comes to the market, we also broke 280 very healthily on the 10-year. We're at 277. Think how, think how short rates are, global macro guys are. If you don't think that they're getting hammered right now, too, and if you don't think that there's pain on both no sides doubt. of the market, there's enormous. And we'll get to this a little bit later, too. But, I mean, the yield curve. The yield curve is probably the flattest it has been in the 10-year cycle that we have seen. 52 so basis. Where, you add it up, now? right? Financials. 227 and against technology. It's 50 basis points, right. guys. Financials and technology are the two biggest sectors in the market flat on their backs right now. Right. And you add on top of that, and we're not going to get in the weeds here. It's not the night to do it. But a little word called LIBOR that everybody's all of a sudden waking up to now. And then you go to Europe and see Deutsche Bank makes another 52-week low. Clearly a stock that's underperformed now for quite some time. We've talked about that. Is it, is it the canary in the coal mine? There's clearly something going on there, without question. BK has said it a number of times. You're talking about the biggest derivatives book in the history of mankind. Clearly something amiss. And I'm not suggesting yeah. there's right. something systemic, because I don't know that. But I am telling you that right. a bank the size of Deutsche Bank, if it was domiciled here in the United States, we yeah. talk about it the majority of our show And, the, and the problem you have with Deutsche Bank, it's too big to bail. Their balance sheet is bigger than the GDP of Germany, right? So that is an issue that we need to keep an eye on. To me, it's simply the fact that their funding costs are going up right now, but they have a massive, massive derivatives book. It's the biggest in the world, to and that's netted. To bail, meaning the ECB will, can do nothing. Well, right. I mean, they have to print an but awful lot of money. But. The, but, but the Bundesbank is the ECB, yeah. guys. Well, and, and, I, I'm and not saying they I, won't. I, I'm just saying it, it's it, their balance Sheet is bigger than German GDP, right? So you have to print a ton of money to bail them out. Which, which, is why, which is why I think the ECB is, is, is somewhat stuck yeah. here. But back to the market. 
Uh, folks, I, I don't think that you're supposed to try. Look, what's happened over the last two days is extraordinary. These are not, I mean, I, I'm not going to tell you that this feels like um, the first quarter of 2016, but seeing 700 basis, 700 point reversals like routinely right. back and forth. It's not just markets are going down. It's markets are going up. Markets are going down. 2% up and 2% down. But what's been extraordinary, back to back to back. all this is, is this is sentiment, right? It has nothing to do with, with, with the corporation and earnings. So think about Facebook. Just Facebook, sentiment, though, at Facebook, some Facebook, point. Listen, 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 listen guys, I've been straight about? on Facebook. I've been hands all over this thing saying sell the stock and avoid it. But there is a very big difference when you're approaching I, earnings season I, about a business but their earnings are going to be impacted Their earnings are going to be fine. I guarantee you they put up $1.75. Earnings, the quarter, the streets I mean, about the market hold going on. Forward. Let's say the earnings come in fine for the quarter. How about the conference call? What are they going to say about the next quarter? You don't think matter. they're going to the kitchen thing, sick it? You don't think they're going to talk about regulation in the, the EU as well as here? that can derail the story right now is engagement. If engagement shifts meaningfully, that's a problem, and you have to keep an eye on that. But I'm telling you, earnings is going to come around, and they're going to print a good number. So, so the, and the, the whole delete your Facebook account thing isn't going to impact no, engagement? Listen, come on, that's crazy. I, I am a guy that basically have said sell the stock and don't jump in headfirst yet. But there is going to be a price based on valuation when they're growing uh, yeah. earnings this year at 40%. What's that price, a dollar? More broadly, uh, more, broadly yes. more broadly. Is earnings season going to be the savior of this market? I'm not sure it is. And I'll tell you, this if you think of when all this volatility started, it started in late January or in February, and it started on a Friday when we had a jobs number that was outstanding, but we had a wage growth number that we hadn't right. seen in many years. February that 2nd. Put, yeah. That put the Fed on the table, and that's when this all started. So I said, I said it last night, I couldn't spell tariffs in late January. Now that's what everybody's talking about. And Facebook was not a story then. That's the convenient story. But to me, the backbone of all this and where it all the foundation of this volatility was built on that February 2nd, and the Fed is absolutely in play this year. For more on today's huge market reversal, let's bring in Steve Chavarone, the portfolio manager with Federated Investors. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Um, what do you make of the market volatility that we're seeing? Do you remain bullish here? We added to equities yesterday. I mean, you I did. know there's a lot of concern out in the marketplace, but, you know, our view is this. You're right. The market has an imagination when earnings reports aren't coming out daily. But we're about to enter not just a good earnings report season, but the best since 2011. The 2018 earnings estimates risen over the last six months more than about, any you're full talking year about rear view mirror. Data. You're talking about rear view mirror, though, first quarter earnings, right? But Q2 is supposed to be better than Q1, and Q3 right. is supposed to be better still. But if earnings revisions have gone higher, yep. haven't stocks priced that in? Well, no, because what you've seen is the market's actually gotten cheaper on that. I mean, we're down on the year. And as we look at it, yeah, there's certainly opportunities for volatility. The market is fixated on trade. It's fixated on, on inflation. But the inflation hasn't really come through outside of that, that number in, in January. On trade, it looks like it's more negotiation than reality. I mean, the, the positive stimulus in the economy between tax reform, deregulation, and repatriation is somewhere 20 times the size of, of the cost of tariffs. And so if you've got a strong earnings background, you've got a strong economic background, there can be volatility, but you've got to take the over. And that's our view. Do you like tech here? We have some concerns about, about Facebook and what it means. I mean, I think the story here is that we've agreed implicitly to sell our data for commercial purposes, for better advertisements. Right. We have not agreed implicitly or explicitly to do that for electioneering purposes. Right. And the competitive advantage of these companies is their data and their ability to use it to provide high ROI to the advertisers. Do you have questions about the business model? I do. I do. I mean, I, I don't, I think, I think big tech is where financials were about a decade ago. They have to decide if they're going to self-regulate or they're going to invite the government in the front door to do it for them. I feel like the horse has left the barn on that one. I mean, you got every regulator across continents 
breathing down their throats, wanting Mark Zuckerberg basically ahead, his head on a silver platter delivered to, to Parliament or to Congress. You know? I, 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 I wouldn't disagree. I think in, in terms of Facebook, yes. I mean, I think if you're Google, if you're Amazon, if you're some of these other firms, and if you're Amazon, or if you're Apple, I think you can play up the fact that you protect yeah, data better than your competitors. So concerns about technology, what does it mean for your broader, but you're still bullish, yep. so you think that the markets can rally even without the biggest sector of the market? In Q1, so first of all, we don't think it's going to roll over and die here. There's still strong earnings growth across semis and other areas of that sector. Also, in Q1, we're expecting positive earnings growth across all 11 sectors. Seven of them, six of them not named tech, are going to grow by double digits. We, we think that it's time for, for a new group to take the mantle. We think it could be financials, but we don't think the market rolls over and dies here. We're just talking about the yield curve being extremely flat. Agreed. That's not a problem? I think you got a new buyer coming in. I think if you look at these names, they were dividend darlings, you know, a generation ago. Or not a generation, I'm sorry, a decade ago. Yields are starting to move to two and a half. I think with another C car, we could start getting closer to three. They're trading at 13 to 15 times versus Staples at 18. Yeah. That strikes me as an opportunity. So you're not concerned about earnings growth slowing down at all. What does concern you, though? Let's, let's say we have Q2 come in, all these companies all of a sudden warn us. There's something that you would look for on a big picture macro that you'd say, you know what? It looks like the earnings aren't going to be as good. Yeah, I mean, I think inflation has to come through. I mean, you have to have a market pickup in inflation, not just wage inflation, but actual the core CPI numbers. <clears throat> Our base case is based on a gradual grind up in inflation and rates, not a sharp pickup. And so if trade does that, if you've got some exogenous shock, we would be worried. But absent a shock in inflation, we're going to be bullish. Steve, you're 3,300 on the S&P. Um, are you valuing the cost of equity or the risk environment any differently than you were three months ago? Because I am. You know, Mike Tyson had a line, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. Um, our job is to be disciplined. We came in with a thesis that earnings were going to grow at a, at a meaningful pace, that economic growth was going to accelerate, and we wanted to choose those sectors that we thought would benefit from that. And every time the market's pulled back, we've consistently added to that part of the market. At, at what point does it worry you that, that being disciplined is the same thing as being dogmatic about something? Yeah, so s s being stubborn and, and being... Um, Cowardly are, are, are sins in equal measure. Uh, you, you have to have an objective framework. We start with a quantitative basis. We have our fundamental view, and you have to undermine that fundamental view, and for us, it's earnings. And, and nothing has undermined that view to this point. All right, Steve, good to see you. Thank you, Steve Javaron, a Federated Investor. I think you let it off. I was right. I think that's what you said, Steve. I, I, maybe I'm wrong on that. She's good by the <laughs> I, I didn't I, hear that. Here's, here's what I'd say. Look, I, I, I am with you guys. We talked about Wait, Facebook. Tell us about Facebook we again. talked about the sell-off within large-cap social media and mega-cap tech. I am on the same page as you from that perspective. I think it's a sentiment shift right now. I do believe there's a time before earnings you could step in and buy these names and make some money. Okay, go for it. I just don't know what price it's at. I, don't know. I, I, I just think, right I mean, stock. listen, I agree with you that we've had a sentiment shift until that either gets extremely, extremely bearish and you see one of those reversal days or we see we hear some kind of sentiment shift yeah. and I don't think you step in this market. You don't have to be a hero here whatsoever. The answer is we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how trade's going to hit. We don't know how earnings are going to be impacted. Why buy today? So what do we do today? I All that's said. I, I hedged up a little bit more. I know on a day like today, it's not necessarily, you know, I, I should have done it yesterday. But I got to tell you one thing also, though, this hopefully is instructive. I don't think you're supposed to get more complicated in this environment. I'm stressing simplicity. I'm stressing not doing a lot. But I think that the risk environment has gotten a little worse. And I'd rather have hedged up around that. Guy. Pharmaceuticals traded all right, if you look. I mean, Pfizer traded unchanged on the day. There was a large technology name that I will not name that's called a tease 
that we'll talk later oh, in the show. Oh, that's nice. I now want to know about it, made guy. an all-time high today and closed higher on a lousy tape. Oh. That's an interesting Oh, I think name. I know what it is. Mm. No, you don't. Bird. <laughs> uh, uh, continue to press the Twitter. I, I think it's going to go a lot lower. Uh, and, and looking at Google, keeping an eye on that $1,000 level, if it holds here, I'm going to be comfortable enough to jump in. Go Twitter's going a lot lower, but you think Facebook's because not going to Twitter's have an totally shit. different. I think it's a completely How's different, it totally different? Because they're actually selling, they're actually selling and profiting from the data versus cultivating their entire pro yeah, platform. The Absolutely very different. Isn't You're Facebook effectively selling their, the data and using making the data money? That they use they, to, to better their platform is one thing. Using actually selling it and making three hundred million dollars at a ninety percent margin. That's How does selling ads better opinion. their platform. It's not that's selling making ads, money. It's selling no, the data. It's very different as far as I'm concerned. They're both selling They're their both data. Selling their data. You think one They're cultivating no, Facebook investors are going to make that distinction. That is there is a very hairs. big difference between the way Facebook uses it and the way Twitter's using it in this one particular area. They're selling it. They're getting three hundred million dollars in revenue. It's a ninety percent margin business. And frankly, people, I think that is goes Facebook, away. And you don't think a twelve percent decline reflects that? Charity. And by the way, by the way, look at the multiple. Twitter's crazy valuation here. It's That's nuts. Anyway, coming up. Nuts. <laughs> it was an ugly day out there on Wall Street, but a top technician says there's one chart that has him pounding the table. He'll be here to tell us what that is, plus an unexpected bright spot in today's market. General Electric having its best day in months. But is it just a dead cat bounce the traders will weigh in? And later, it's been roadblock after roadblock for the self-driving car market. A number of once-hot stocks are getting slammed. We will break down the winners and the losers. You're watching Fast Money. We're live from Times Square in New York City. Much more fast right after this. Welcome back to Fast Money. Despite today's sell-off, General Electric topping the tape, managing to post its best day in more than two months. Shares of the oldest Dow stock jumping more than 4% off speculation that Berkshire's Warren Buffett or another big investor may be building a stake in the industrial giant. Now, just yesterday, the stock hit its lowest level in nearly 10 years. The company has struggled to convince investors of a real turnaround plan, even with the new CEO at the helm. With GE still down more than 23% this year, is this stock worth the risk? Tim says yes. You're, well, uh, you're an owner. Yeah, I'm an owner of the stock, and, and I've owned it late in the game here, but I'm certainly down 25% in a position that's, you know, frankly, insignificant to me in terms of its size. But I do think that GE at $110 billion has intrinsic value that people aren't pricing in. Here's one thing, too. People talk about the multiple. They say, you know, it's, it's not going to earn a buck, or say it's going to earn a buck. What multiple do you put on it? If you put a 15 times on it, it should be trading at 15 bucks, or you could put 11 times because they're not making any money. But the bottom line is when companies make no money, do you price them at zero? And this is where I go with this. I, I get the sum of the parts. I get the smart guys that have been right on this. But I also think that incentive, investor sentiment has been just so one way on this. So Buffett, maybe. Uh, I'd prefer to say that the stock did nothing when the stock market rallied 700 points on the, on the Dow. And I think today's catch up with a rumor. Yeah, well, for me, I've, I've tried to own this several times this year, and I've probably lost 25% on my trades just in and out of them. It's broken my heart several times, but my thesis has Aww. been you have to and wait that's a on big GE. Heart, Brian. You think, yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks a big lot. Big heart. Yeah. Broken. Yeah, well, that down, I've ruined all my room. I don't know what I was going to say. Oh, no, I know what I was going to say. I was going to say that my thesis has been you can't get back into this name until somebody like Buffett comes in. I was kind of hoping Buffett would come in secretly and then you'd get that spike up and you can go along with it. But I do think at some point here, somebody like a Buffett or some other value player is going to scoop this up. So using today's low as your stopout point, I think you can get in. You're that's nodding. exactly. No, well, because that's BK took. 
Like that meatloaf song, you took the words right out of my no mouth. No idea what you're I talking about. I thought it was the about. first cut as the Dukas. Well, that's, that's a Rod, Rod Stewart. Stewart song, which is a great tune, by. I anyway. like Rod Stewart. How about two out of three ain't bad? I don't care. Which is also a meatloaf song. No, BK's point is, <laughs> yes. not paradise by the dashboard light. At least you know what your risk-reward is. And I don't know if Mr. Buffett is getting into the name no or not. Does. I'm a big believer where there's smoke, there's fire. But if nothing else, the 1280 level now provides you with a nice floor to trade against. You can't invest in this story. I mean, it's dead money as far as I'm concerned. You'll get trading bounces here and there like we saw today. And look, Buffett gets in, great. But you can. this has got less than 90 cents in free cash flow. The story is broken. It takes a long time to what fix it. What if they sell their data? <laughs> You know what? I'm going to come I'm coming over the desk. Coming over the desk. Coming up. Are the wild market swings keeping you up at night? Don't worry. We've got you covered. Guy Dami will break down a three-point plan on how to trade in a volatile market later this hour. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC, first in business worldwide. In the meantime, here's what else is coming up on Fast. That's what Wall Street looked like today as investors ran for cover. But a top technician is swimming against the stream. He'll tell us the one sector he thinks is a screaming buy. Much more Fast Money right after this. Welcome back to Fast Money. Stocks getting slammed today as a big midday reversal sent the Dow reeling back into a correction. Let's get to Bob Bassani at the New York Stock Exchange for all the details. Hey, Bob. Hi, Melissa. It was another whipsaw session for the stock market, a 700-point range in the Dow. Even by the standards of the last two months, that's a lot. What's going on? Two issues have emerged in the last month that may or may not have an impact on earnings. First, the trade war stories, that they ebb and flow every day, but everyone agrees that an all-out trade war would be detrimental to earnings. It's just not clear if we're going to have one or not. That's creating confusion. Second, technology has been a market leader around two big groups, FANG stocks and semiconductors. Both are having moments of doubt and pain right now. The recent crisis in social media stocks around Facebook has led many to question whether user engagement and advertising will lessen not just for Facebook, but for other social media stocks as well as Google slash Alphabet. Now, that could definitely affect earnings. Then you have NVIDIA's announcement hitting other semiconductors today with skin in the driverless car games. So on semiconductor, microchip tech, Micron, Cypress Semi all dropped. That's a separate worry. The markets took another turn down in the last hour when yields on the 10-year Treasury dropped below 2.8%. That was the first time since early February. And you know everyone's suspicious about what that could mean, slowdown overall. That brought down bank stocks, another major component for the markets with banks and tech. Both week, the overall market just drooped. So what's all this mean? It means that there is more uncertainty in the market. Uncertainty about trade wars, uncertainty about technology, and uncertainty about regulatory actions. It's all a kind of toxic stew right now for that market leadership group. Melissa, back to you. All right, Bob. Thank you. Bob Bassani at the New York Stock Exchange. On semiconductors specifically, when you Toxic think of autonomous, growth. I know, that doesn't sound very appetizing, does it? When you think of autonomous cars, you don't think of some of those names that Bob had put up there, and yet they all got thrown out. So are there chips that got thrown out with the bathwater today? Uh, well, again, on a day like today, um, people look at valuations and say there's no way that these valuations made sense. Look, NVIDIA is on the cutting edge of, of certainly of, of the semi sector where a lot of these chips are used for AI. A lot of these chips are used in, in leading-edge technologies. That doesn't necessarily change. First of all, AI is going nowhere. AR is, is everything, and it's everything tomorrow. So autonomous is going through some understandable difficulties right now on the regulatory side. This should not knock these guys down.
But like a Micron, for Intel. Instance. Well, Micron. Yeah. You know, I thought. Uh, well, quickly, I thought the quarter from Micron was outstanding. Yeah. I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure what scared people. I think what scared people is the fact that if the Chinese are going to retaliate, if there's some tariff thing, they'll do it in the form of flooding the market with DRAM, and and, and that's going to be obviously detrimental to Micron. But if you look at it on a valuation basis, it's cheap. And I'll say this real quick. Intel got an upgrade yesterday. What do we do that when, when you walk over the plasma with the mid on power Best pitch? pitch? Yeah, power yeah. pitch. Pete did that the other day. And, I, you know, Intel obviously down today on a bad tape. But, I mean, that, if you're asking for stocks that are sort of should not be thrown out with the rest of the gang. Which they did two yeah. days ago to it as well, last Friday. Yeah. Well, our next guest says there might be a buying opportunity in one of the major sectors. Let's go off the charts with Chris Verone and Strategus Research Partners. Chris, uh, do you tell us what to buy amidst well, the sell-off? quite a day, and we'll start actually with the broader market here. I just want to make an observation. Something we see in corrective phases, you have to get to a point where there's a lot of fear out there. The way we look at that uh, is through put calls. Finally, over the last couple days, we're getting a meaningful spike in the put-call ratio. It's not dissimilar to what we saw January, February uh, of 16, and also very similar what we saw near the lows in 2011. So finally getting some sense that sentiment uh, is getting flushed out. The other thing that we've noticed over the last several days here, even as the markets traded lower, the internals have actually gotten better. Only 15% of the S&P made a one-month low today. It peaked at 80% back in February. So as the market has traded lower, internal conditions have actually improved uh, over the last few days. Uh, and then lastly, what looks most actionable right here? Financials are the most oversold, just 6% of stocks above their 50-day moving average, going back to that January, February of 2016 bottom. I think we're getting close on some of these bank stocks. J.P. Morgan near 102, 103, uh, Bank of America near 27, 28. I think we're in the ballpark of putting in some lows uh, in these bank names. I think Chris is going to come on over. Yeah. He has to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we need him today. Day like today, we need, we need a technical we analyst. Is he in the Pantheon? Oh, no, he is, he is, he is actually working his way up to the Pantheon. You know, it takes a long time to get into Parthenon. <laughs> Got to wait online and buy tickets. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So when you pull up the chart of the 10-year yield yeah. and the two-year yield, what does that show you? And does that matter to you that spreads are awful right now for the banks. Well, let's talk about the 210 curve. Okay. And there's this common conception out there that banks can only work when the curve steepens. It's historically false. It's wrong. We went back over the last 80 years. Half the time, banks are outperforming. Their curve is flattening. Half the time, it's steepening. How about so, more recently, though? Does that break down differently more recently? Because it feels like when the 10-year yield sure. is down and the spreads have compressed, that banks do trade lower. So let's just, again, put this in context. When we saw banks trade lower in 2010, 2011, when we saw banks lower uh, in 15 and 16, those were bare flatteners. That was the curve flattening because bond yields were moving lower. For the most part, over the last year, the curve is flattened because the short end has moved higher. So two-year yields hanging out in this 228, 230 range, I don't think is the worst backdrop for banks to work. Quickly then, and I know LIBOR has obviously yeah. had a huge move, the highest we've seen it. Again, I bring up 08 only because it was 08, but is that a warning flag? Well, we can't ignore it. And certainly anytime there is stress in credit, we have to pay attention to what that means for the broader market. But one thing I would point out, we always want to know what the marginal issue is doing, the marginal credit. I like to look at the spread between high yield and investment grade. That's still pretty stable here. The high yield issue is not being treated any worse than the investment grade issue. So I think at the margin, LIBOR concern, yes, but has it spread into high yield corporates? Really not so much. And that's a big difference from some prior sell-offs uh, that we've seen. 
Okay, so now we're on the heels of having digested a bunch of 2% up or down days on the S&P 500 effectively. Has there been technical damage done to any sector or any chart that you're yeah. watching? And I think this is all part of the process, right? And one thing we always see in these corrective phases is the best stocks always go last. It's not a coincidence that they're selling tech here. It's not a coincidence they're selling the banks here. The best ones uh, always go last. When we look at some of the individual sectors, when you look at some of the thing names in particular, I think the damage you've seen in Facebook is significant. Now, that said, put volume in Facebook the last couple of days is the highest on record. The stock wow. can probably bounce here, maybe 170, 172, but we have to imagine it's dead money up there. You'll get that bounce. There's a lot of interested sellers, I would guess, in that, maybe even 165 range. But when you see that huge spike in put volume, we have it for the market, we have it for Facebook, you probably don't want to press shorts uh, at this point. Okay. Chris, thank you. Thank you. Chris Verone of Strategus. Well, the financials are interesting. And then you look at XLF, right? And there is some serious support here over the last, let's say, call it two, three months. So if you are going to take a stab at something, at least you know what your risk reward is in XLF. And it has been a market leader. We do know even, you know, Chris is talking about over the last 80 years, the yield curve hasn't necessarily mattered. We've had other guests. Tony Dwyer talked about the fact even when the yield curve inverts, you still get uh, you know, eight, 18 months or so of positive returns. So I think if any place I wanted to jump in, it would be financial. I, I think the, the yield curve obviously matters. It's important, but I think the variable of cost cutting, the variable of de deregulation, if you will, especially for these regional banks is super important to keep in mind. So, you know, the, the cost cutting structures for these guys, the balance sheet freeing up from, you know, really like constricting levels from before is a win-win for them. And I look at that and say, that's the tailwind, in my opinion, there. behind I the regional banks and some of these larger names. Well, I, I totally agree with Chris. If you correlate two's tenth spread to bank prices and you go back to 2006 and 7 um, and before the crisis, these banks were on a flatter yield curve, were making a ton of money. Um, they're, they're geared towards LIBOR. They're geared towards the low, the low end of the curve. So on that, um, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I think the, the downward sloping 50-day is not a disaster. It just means that I think there's, we've been in this longer. It's defining the trend, and it's harder to suddenly break higher. I think it means it, 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 it ensures you are at this a little bit longer before you start to turn around. All right, still ahead. Does all this volatility have your head spinning? Well, don't panic, because Guy Dami's got three simple steps to trading a wild market. He will break down it. He'll break that down later on in the show. Plus, Twitter tanking today, entering a bear market after short seller Andrew Left slammed the social media giant. We'll hear the comments that sent the stock reeling. Much more Fast Money right after this. Welcome back to Fast Money. NVIDIA and Tesla both tanking today as the company's self-driving struggles starting to get real. Phil Lebeau joins us here on set. And with regard to Tesla, Moody's out within the last couple of minutes downgrading the credit ratings for Tesla, talking about the credit outlook being negative, in part because you get cash flow concerns. All the things we talked about yesterday when it comes to production three, the production ramp being Model 3 production ramping slower than anticipated. When you look at Tesla, though, some other negative headlines today, and we've talked about this, that we are in that period here where you may see some negative headlines. One of them coming today, which sent the stock down almost 5% when it first came out, is news that the NTSB will be investigating the crash of a Model X in California on Friday. It's not necessarily that the NTSB is investigating the crash. It's that they are looking into the fire with the Model X afterwards, how long, how intense it was burning, the efforts to secure the vehicle. We talked to the NTSB today 
I'm not sure there's a whole lot you can read into it at this point, aside from they're looking into this. And there have been concerns that have been raised by first responders, not just with Tesla, but with all electric vehicles when it comes to responding to those. Specific to this crash, though, um, the battery's in the front of the vehicle, obviously. And so this was a frontal crash, correct? And so well, the, the battery's not in the front. The battery's in the bottom. Bottom, in, sorry. In the bottom. Yeah. And the car, as we understand it, uh -huh. slid into a barrier, went head-on into a barrier. Now, they don't know if it was in autonomous mode, but when we talked to the NTSB, they made it clear they're not investigating whether it was in autonomous crash. mode or not. What they are looking for, or autopilot, what they're looking at is the intensity of the fire, what was behind it, securing the vehicle afterwards for first responders. Having said that, anytime you have the NTSB involved, it's going to weigh on the stock, and that's what we saw earlier in the day. Now, with regard to NVIDIA, NVIDIA has announced that it's suspending its autonomous drive test program on public roads. Remember, NVIDIA's technology is in the Uber vehicle and Uber vehicles, and Uber had the accident last week in Arizona where a woman was hit while the vehicle was in uh, autonomous mode. So as a result, NVIDIA saying, we're not going to be doing the public testing. Sure, they're still going to be running the simulators, et cetera. And so that's also weighing on NVIDIA today. And then finally, as long as we're talking about self-driving cars, one of the announcements today here in New York came from Waymo announcing that it has struck a deal with Jaguar, buying 20,000 Jaguars. They will be modified. These are the all-electric I-PACE SUVs. They will have the distinctive dome on the top, which has the LiDAR and the cameras. And Waymo believes this vehicle will be huge in terms of its expansion of autonomous drive ride sharing here in the United States starting in 2020. So Tesla seems to be at the crosshairs or the center of all of these sort of cross currents in that the NTSB is investigating. And I would imagine that the questions could remain, you know, how the, about the battery, about the structure sure. of the vehicle. All those questions remain unanswered right now. Uh, and then in terms of Waymo choosing Jaguar over Tesla, that could be perceived as another hit to Tesla. Uh, and, and then the last one about uh, NVIDIA suspending all the tests. I mean, right. this throws into doubt also Tesla's self-driving It's autopilot. It's, it's autopilot. autopilot work. Look, we're in the messy transition. You're yeah. right about Tesla. And Tesla, we talked about yesterday, they've got all of these negative headlines that are potentially... On top of delivery. Concerns. ...are all going to be hitting <laughs> within the next few months, which are weighing on the stock. But in terms of self-driving vehicles, we are in the messy transition. We will see more accidents. Unfortunately, we will see more fatalities. The bulk of the accidents involving these vehicles have been resulting from humans hitting the vehicles. We're the idiots, and there's 275 million of us out right. there driving vehicles. So it's going to take a while until we get past this. And unfortunately, when you have your first fatality, it's going to get a lot of attention. Phil, you've been covering this beat for a long time. Is Tesla an auto company or a technology company, in your opinion, from the people you speak to? Technology company that is trying to ramp up and become a full-service manufacturer transportation company when it comes to automobiles. But there's no doubt that I think I look at it as a technology company in part because they're spread out into so many areas. Can I ask a follow-up on that then? So if it's a technology company, are other OEMs, so other large traditional auto companies, also becoming technology companies because they're yes, arguably on the same path. Yes, they are. Unfortunately, they have so many of the legacy issues that are attached to them that investors don't view them that way. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that General Motors has some of the best technology that's out there. Mm -hmm. You talk with people in the auto industry, they will tell you that. They also have how many different plants here in the United States <clears throat> and around the world. And those legacy issues 
spook yep. investors who want to give them a higher multiple. So I have a theoretical question for you guys. If Tesla is a technology company that's trying to ramp and become an auto company effectively, should the multiple come down? Well, should it, it be closer? Should it move closer to an auto it, company? Not be a, no. a multiple of an auto company. No, it's te technology companies are priced based on expectations, right? Of future market, future growth, et cetera. So when the growth manager is looking at whatever premium multiple they're playing, paying, you know, for Tesla, they're paying that premium multiple for a reason, and it, it's execution. So I look at production right now and say production's huge, but the question is, is it priced in right now, given all the negativity in the story? Are we pricing in right now, worst case scenario? With production on the Model Three, like well, hold on. But right I mean, we, that, we've been fa level. we've been failing on production for years, and the stock's been going higher. So we haven't been pricing it in at all. Well, I think and in fact, the, the, the it doesn't the, matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, but, but he's saying that it's yeah. been priced in. I don't yeah, think it's been priced in at all. And I we've agree. got an April delivery I'm or production release coming now. out, where the companies. I mean, Elon Musk kind of tells us we're, we're having a little trouble here, and we know right. that they had a little trouble, even though they got a lot better towards the end of the first quarter. So um, the problem with the stock and the move today, in addition to all those things that you're pointing out, Phil, is that if they don't make that production number, the market's going to assume there's a dilutive capital raise around the corner. Correct. That's, and that's right. what Moody's was talking about today. Right. You've got the cash flow concerns. Right. And, right. and at the end of the day, that should spook investors. But you guys know, we've seen this before. You, you try to talk to a yep. Tesla investor, it's, it's like, hey, the sky is blue. No, it's not. It's orange. So they said 2,500 yep. 2, a week. At the, by the end of the quarter, they're going to have Correct. a production. They're at 1,000 roughly be, right now. They should be building 2,500 right. this week while we are here. So the street's pricing in right now 1,000 a week, which is right where we stand. I mean, if you look at the online stats on where they are, based on the VIN number tracking, it's 1,000 a week. So if we come in at 1,000 a week, how does the market react to that? they continue to press this down, or do you believe that's already priced in? I think it's priced in. Yeah. I don't think the market yeah. cares. I mean, yeah, I we have some of these headlines, but the investors in this are looking at Tesla Maybe it's a tech company. Maybe what do you want to label it? I label it as a venture capital deal. You're talking about things that are going to happen in the future. They're going right. to build out these markets. You're talking about decarbonizing um, de, uh, the electric grid Whoa. here in the U.S. Yeah, and that's, to me, why people are in Tesla for a 10-year time frame. So move in Tesla. Is this simply a story of de-risking in the market, or is this a Tesla-specific story? We're running up against it. I think I it's know a Tesla-specific story. We have a chart real quick. Pull it up there, Crack Staff and EC, because I will tell you, as I've mentioned a number of times, 2014, 280 <laughs> yeah. was the high. 2015, 280 was the high. Where did we close today? 280. That is support. So if you're looking for risk-reward, it sets up really well. And Ben Callow, who was the axe in the space, thinks they're going to ramp up. It's going to happen much quicker than everybody else does. So I think you can buy it here with a tight stop. Phil, thank you. Good to see you. Two days in a row. Thanks, Phil. Two days in a row. You got to do this more often. Well. How about three? Can we get you tomorrow? Yeah, I'm in town tomorrow for All the right, show. Tomorrow. All right, tomorrow. All right. We should know. Jim Crane will be sitting down with the NVIDIA CEO in an exclusive interview on Mad Money. That's 6 p.m. on Thursday. Come, you have Twitter tanking today after short seller Andrew Left slammed the social media giant, accusing it of selling user data. And there's something in the charts that point to more pain. We will break it down. Plus, volatility has returned to the markets with a vengeance. But if you're worried about your portfolio, don't be. Guy here's got three steps to trading in a tough tape. Much more fast. Go ahead. Welcome back to Fast Money. Andrew left, striking again, this time taking aim at Twitter. The stock falling 12% today and entering a bear market after left accused a social media platform of selling user data and information from direct messages. Twitter responding on Twitter, of course, tweeting, Twitter is public by nature. 
Public tweets are viewable and searchable by anyone. This is the power of Twitter. To be clear, our data licensing business does not sell DMs, direct messages. Any reports to the contrary are wrong. Now, Andrew Left appeared on Closing Bell earlier today. Here's what he had to say. People woke up to the privacy issue last week, uh, but it, it's been longstanding. No one cared about this. So going forward, I think at these multiples, Twitter becomes uninvestable until we see what happens, until we see the changes that are being made on the social media space. So uh, will Twitter face Facebook's woes? Hey, look, I, I think it's an issue, and I talk about this. They weren't selling DM directly, but they were abs they're absolutely cultivating and taking their data and information and selling it to third-party vendors to use for different reasons. So very different than Facebook using whatever data they compile and creating a value to sell to ad buyers. Completely different. So selling their third-party data or their data to third-party sort of vendors, they're getting $300 million a year, 90% margin. That's a lot of, so that's Twitter, a lot of revenue when you're looking at $2 billion in revenue. So 15%. Twitter's, it's 15% First of, of all, to no, say Twitter off. is uninvestable right now, I think, um, Makes, it makes no sense to me, especially when three weeks ago we were talking yeah. about a company, and maybe you weren't, um, that was finally was. making money and certainly is more profitable. Let's be clear about something, folks. If, if you're on a platform that's free to use, you are the product, and essentially you're not paying for a reason. Or, in fact, something like Netflix, by the way, you're also having data data is being used that's being sold. It, no one woke up today it's, and was surprised uh, and, by it. And I would also be very careful about selling short this stock or, or even just not buying and saying I can't buy it based on a single report that the company itself has re specifically refuted saying we don't do this type of thing. So I think, to be clear, I think all social media companies, including Google, anybody who sells your data is going to be in the crosshairs. So, I don't think not invest, so you don't want to touch anything no, right now. No, I think now. there's going to be a point in Twitter that you can buy it, but I don't want to touch anything right now until this washes out. All right, options traders are betting on more pain ahead for Twitter, so let's get to Mike Coe out in Austin, Texas to break it down. Hey, Mike. Hi there. So we saw almost four times the average daily put volume, the most active with a weekly 30 strike puts, over 10,000 of those trading for about a buck. Obviously, they started to trade early in the day and were trading at a higher price by the end of the day. Those are bets that Twitter is going to be lower by the end of the week. But I should point out options premiums are substantially higher than they have been, looking for moves on average of about 3.5% per day for the next 90 days. All right, Mike, thanks. Mike Coe in Austin, Texas. Uh, reminder, we are off on Friday because oh. of Good Friday holiday. So you can tune in the hmm. following Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. Will they run show. OA reruns on Friday? Yeah. Like an OA best, marathon? Best of, best of. Like a honeymoon? Still that would ahead. Be hot. Stocks getting slammed that. again today as volatility takes the market by storm. We've got three simple rules to trading these wild swings. We are live at the NASDAQ market site in New York City's Times Square. Don't go anywhere. Much more fast straight ahead. Welcome back to Fast Money. It was another wild day for the markets. The stock sold off into the close, and with the Dow entering correction for the second time in a week, it seems like volatility is here to stay. So how should you navigate through these wild swings? Guy here over at the Plaza with a little segment we like to call The More You Know. Guy. Yes, Melissa, and thank you for Probably. having me at the Plasma. <laughs> so there are three things that I look at. Number one, keep calm. Now, what does that mean? That's glib. It's not meant to be glib. You watch NFL, Mel. The great quarterbacks are able to stand in the pocket, make the game slow down around them. When everything is speeding up, they slow it down. That's what you should be trying to do now. Slow things down. Keep calm. Number two, adjust to the market conditions. What does that mean? Tim spoke to it earlier in the show. Trade the markets you have not the market you want. We are in a period of heightened volatility. 
I think it's here to stay. Understand that. What does it mean? You got two strikes on you, Tim. What do you do? You choke up on the bat, right? That's what you do. I try to go the other way with and it. And you try to go the try other way. Try to go the other way you with it. You go with the guy. pitch, and that's what we do in trading. Number three, look for a tell. And that's going to take me to my chart. Watch how quickly it turns. Watch. See the magic of that? What is a tell, folks? I'll give you a tell. <laughs> what has been under pressure? What is 23.5% of the market, the S&P 500? Technology. Technology got obliterated today. But ah, Red Hat, a stock that made an all-time high today, didn't. Actually closed higher on the day. In my world, that is a tell. And I'm going to try to draw a line here. Work with me. Look at what we have here. Look at this nice trend line from the lower left to the upper right. That, folks, is a tell. So you should be look for those things on days where the world goes haywire. There's always opportunity. Back to you, Melissa. Who likes Red Hat here? That was impressive. Who likes Red Hat? Forget I heard about guys' line drawing ability. Well I, well, I mean, how can I forget about his line drawing ability? It's pretty stunning. stellar. Look at that. I mean, that's freehand, and that thing is straight as an arrow. Look, he's done another one. He's anyway, got a channel. R -H the channel. You're in the Parthenon like of technical it. analysis there. I do like the idea that it closed, it closed near the highs into the market like that. That, to me, as a trader, sticks out, and I say that's a name that I want to have. Although Chris Verone talked screen. about that the, the leadership is the last to fall. So, I mean, I, I think in this environment, if you like the valuation red hot and you like the overall story, as Guy said, be calm and, and stay in the trade. But this is an environment where I think multiples that don't make sense are not going to make sense. Up next, final trades. Time for the final trade, Tim. Here's a global auto company that has tremendous technology, GM, and I think it's been battered by trade wars, been battered by the whole thing. Very cheap. 32. Uh, just from a technical setup, uh, Google, if it holds 1000 bucks tomorrow after the stock opens, I think that you buy it. Kelly. So we've had equity volatility. We've had bond volatility. What comes next? Currency volatility. You buy GLD to play that. I like those more you know. It gets me out of breath. It's, it's all right. You know, gotcha. Red Hat now appears to be lower in the after hours. That's not all that important to me because I do think you're looking for companies that have that. Where's that word we use? It's, it's four letters, one so moat. Moat. That one's got a moat. I'm Melissa Lee. Thanks for watching. See you back here tomorrow at 5 for more Fast Money. Meantime, Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts right now. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.